If you've got your Bible, why don't you turn with me? We're going to be in Luke chapter 4. So if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 4, verses 42 to 44. So just a couple of verses, Luke chapter 4, 42 to 44. And when it was day, that's uh, Jesus, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him. And it would have ke- and would have kept him from leaving them, but he said to them, "I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent out for this purpose." And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Lord Jesus, I just pray as we as we come to your word this morning, as we come together to receive from you and to to see uh, a model set by you, that you would uh, be instructing our hearts, that you would be giving us courage and comfort alongside uh, the great challenge that we see in in this passage. And Father, I pray that you would be uh, on me by your Holy Spirit to speak well those things that you've put on my heart and then on my brothers and sisters here to receive as well as we all together come under your word to meet with you and to be moved by you. Amen. Amen. So good morning. As I say, it's great to be with you. Uh, Phil has already said that, uh, uh, so myself and Jen, along with a team from Jubilee a couple of years ago, actually uh, coming up to two years ago, we were prayed out in the middle of a global pandemic whilst we couldn't really meet together. We were prayed out of uh, Jubilee to go and plant uh, into North Hull. And so that's what we've been doing uh, the last couple of years. So we, we, we initially met on, on Zoom. And then, um, do you remember those days? Uh, we met on Zoom, and then we could meet in person, and then we could sing. Oh, gosh. We could sing. It was like we had a number of different launch days. And it was really uh, uh, challenging uh, and really exciting. And so over the last two years, we've, we've, we've seen some growth. We've seen some momentum. Uh, about six months ago as well, we sent, uh, some of you will know Brian and Sarah Sidwell, um, we sent Brian and Sarah and their little girl, uh, Matilda, to Birmingham to be part of the Regions Beyond team there in, in planting uh, into the east of the city. Um, and in the time that we've seen, in the time that we've been uh, planted out from uh, Jubilee as Freedom Church, I'm going to tell you, it's been exciting. It real, feels like real coal-faced stuff. But I tell you, it's been hard work as well. And so we, we, we thank you for your continued prayers for us and your continued uh, support of us as a church. Um, but as I say, I don't want to lie, it has been hard. It's been hard being sent out from you. It's such a joy to be with you again this morning and to, to, to be with you and to uh, remember the, the friendship that we have here amongst you. It's hard to be sent out from that. And it's hard as well to send. In sending Brian and Sarah, that was, that was a difficult thing for us to do, to to send good friends into the unknown, when we would much rather keep them for ourselves. But I tell you, we did both of those things. And I say we, I, I include you in that we, by the way. We did both of those things, uh, sent, were sent, and did send. We did those things in response to, to, to the call of God on us. Both the biblical mandate on the church to, to go and take the gospel to the ends of the earth, and to, to teach them all that we've received from Jesus. 
That's the, the, the biblical mandate on the church to go to the ends of the earth. And we did it in response to a particular prophetic call that, that we had as Jubilee and that we now have as churches to, to, uh, to populate the, the region and Hull with many churches, to see uh, gatherings, communities of faith right across our city and across our region, and then into the regions beyond us, into the nations, and to see his kingdom established as we've been called to. And so it's great to, to, to share this call with you. And, and I, I really feel it as we, we come together uh, in this way. We, we feel the, the, the connectedness and the, the sharing of it. Wonderful stories, even just this morning, hearing some of these things. And wonderful to, to have this partnership. And as I say, wonderful to be able to be here with you and to continue this series that you're calling The King and His Kingdom. And particularly to be sharing uh, from you, to, sharing with you from this passage that has for me been uh, a particular uh, encouragement and challenge and frequent uh, comfort to me. So it's a bit of, a, it's a bit of an odd uh, couple of passages just to kind of give us a bit of a, a context uh, in terms of the story so far. Jesus has begun his ministry. He's preaching in the region of Galilee. He's uh, beginning to make a name for himself, for himself in both his, his powerful teaching and in the signs and wonders that are, are, are accompanying those teachings. He is beginning to make a name for himself throughout the region. He comes to his hometown of Nazareth, a small village, and he comes into the synagogue and he declares in the synagogue there the arrival of the kingdom of God and points to himself as being the fulfillment of Old Testament uh, promises, those prophecies that the Jews have long awaited. One day the kingdom of God is coming and Jesus comes on the scene and says, now, here it is, in your hearing, me. I'm the one who's proclaiming the kingdom of God to you. And he's rejected. In fact, they tried to kill him in his own town for having made these claims about himself. He escapes wonderfully and miraculously. And then we see him come to the town of Capernaum. And he begins teaching there, again, with astonishing authority. People looking in going, wow, this guy is talking about the kingdom of God as though it were his. This guy is talking about the kingdom of God as though it was his kingdom. And then, alongside this authoritative, awesome teaching, he demonstrates his authority and power in casting out demons and in healing the sick. And we're told reports of him were going out to every part of the surrounding region. And then, having made a name for himself and having built this great following in this city, in Capernaum, as just as momentum seems to be gathering, he withdraws. And the people come looking for him. Jesus, where are you? Come, come back. They want to bring him back. And Jesus turns to them and says, I've got to go on. I've got to go. I've got to go. I'm not coming back with you. I'm going. Now, as I say, this is a bit of an odd passage, a bit of an odd way for Luke, who's writing this account of Jesus' life and work, to, to kind of to close off this collection of stories with. It's a bit of a strange way to do it. But, but I think that Luke is being very, very deliberate in his telling of this story. In fact, there's a, this, this small detail and these short verses are, are really key to understanding one of the big things that Luke is going to try to show us again and again through his gospel and through the book of Acts, which is really his continuation of the, the story of God's people uh, from Jesus onwards. 
Those, all his writings, he's going to try and show us this one great thing. And this small uh, passage shows us something of that. And so I want us to see that in the passage as we read it. But I also want us to, uh, to I just want to highlight a couple of things from this passage particularly. I want, to, I want us to see Jesus' understanding of his purpose. Right? Jesus' understanding of what he is here to do and how that shapes all of his life and work and I want us to look at that and to, to, to learn from that something of, uh, how, I want that to shape how we view the gospel, the kingdom of God, and how we, we view our own understanding of our purpose as the people of God. And then secondly, I want us to see where that understanding comes from, to see where, where Jesus gets his understanding of who he is and what he is for, his purpose, and then see the importance of of that. Jesus has this very clear understanding of who he is and what he's for. Right? You see it right as he makes that announcement in the, that synagogue in Nazareth that, that uh, Dan was speaking from last week. As he makes that announcement, he knows I'm here to preach good news to the poor and sight to the blind. Uh, I loved what Mel shared. Well, where are you? Oh, there you are. She shared that story of, of the woman who, who had this issue of blood for many, many years and just reaches out to touch Jesus and is healed, wonderfully encounters the kingdom of God. And Jesus, this, the stories in Capernaum, there's sort of that, that and across the region are, are that multiplied again and again. These, these kind of stories of people encountering the kingdom of God, people who are in poverty, people in spiritual poverty, people sick, blind, aching, longing, meeting with the king and finding themselves in the kingdom of God, meeting with the kingdom of God. And wonderfully to be able to see that as we were, as we were praying earlier around the room as, as those sorts of encounters are happening. Hey, this is what Jesus is here for. This is what he's come to do. The start of uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, you know, this is like, uh, in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's talking about Jesus. Here's the one who's, who's come to bring the kingdom. Here he is, the one we've been waiting for. And there's sort of a, he's not said much at this point. And then Jesus kind of takes to the, uh, to the top of the hill and he's about to teach the kingdom of God. And what does he say? Blessed. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those in mourning. Blessing. And he just comes, blessing, blessing, blessing. And this is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God, and this is what Jesus has come to proclaim. Jesus recognizes himself as being sent. He says, this is why I was sent. For this purpose, I was sent. He recognizes that he's been, he comes with an authority, an authority from God, which is why he's able to speak with authority, to come and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the way that he does because he knows that he's been sent by God to do that very thing. To come, to carry this message. You, you are the one. The word sent, it's, it's, uh, it later becomes, uh, we, we see it in, in the New Testament, this apostle. This idea of the, the, the sent one. Jesus knows that that's what he is. He comes, having been sent, carrying the gospel of the kingdom to the people. And he knows that having been sent, he must carry on going. He must carry on be being sent as a sent one. It is not enough for him to, right, Capernaum's heard. Here it is. We've arrived. No, he knows the gospel must go. The gospel must go. In fact, the way Jesus talks about the gospel here, the way Jesus talks about the good news of the kingdom here is as it must be preached. Right? It cannot be understood without being preached. If you, if you have good news and it's not shared, it's not news. And so it's not good. Right? You understand? 
If, if news isn't news until it goes, and Jesus is talking here about the, the good news, it must be preached. It must be preached. And Jesus' whole understanding of, of who he is and, and what the kingdom is, is, is so dependent on this kingdom of God must go across the nation and across the nations. It must, because it is too small a thing. It is too small a thing for salvation to only come to Capernaum. And Jesus knows this. He knows this. The gospel, by its nature, must be preached. And so it's in understanding of his purpose and of this being sent and of the nature of the kingdom of God that Jesus recognizes that he's not called to stay put and enjoy the fruit of his labor in Capernaum or his fruitfulness or the, the comfort of a good reputation. This kingdom must be preached in all the towns of Judea, says Jesus. It must be preached in all the towns of Judea. They need to hear and see what you have heard and seen. Right? The, the, there's this, 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 in Luke's telling the story, there's this, right, this who's this guy who's, who's speaking with such a power? And then, and then they see that power come out. And Jesus is, in saying, I've got to go to the next town, he's also saying to them, what you've received, other towns must receive. What you've had, other places must have. And Jesus says, I'm the one who needs to take it. I'm the one who has been sent with this mandate, with this commission to go, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to proclaim the arrival of the kingdom of God. Now, we need to understand who we are and what we've been called to. That we, together as the people of God, I'm not talking to you as individuals, although of course that's included in this. I think sometimes uh, in the West particularly, we can have a very individualistic idea of, of our faith and our calling and, and my purpose in life. I'm talking to us as, as, as the people of God collectively. What is it we've been called to? What is our purpose? And we need to understand our purpose. And we need to understand that we too have been sent. And that we too carry this kingdom. This kingdom of God, and it must go to the ends of the earth. Right? We've been given that commission. Jesus, at the end of Matthew's gospel, talks about, hey, hey now, you go. Uh, Matthew's, uh, bit, one of the big strains throughout Matthew's gospel is this Jesus investing in his disciples, in giving time to his disciples, in making disciples. And then at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, right now it's you. You go and make disciples. You go teach them what I've taught you. Go to the ends of the earth. Don't worry, I'm going to be with you uh, to the very ends of the age. And Luke ends his gospel with a, similar, with a similar telling of that same story. He ends, Luke ends his telling of the story of Jesus' life and ministry with Jesus' promise and Jesus' command over the church. These people who themselves have encountered God in the way that we have this morning, the stories that we've heard this morning encountered the kingdom of God, found themselves having been broken, now brought into new life, restored and having been blessed by the good news of the kingdom, having, been, having entered into it, now these same people are being given this uh, promise and this command that the good news of the gospel must be taken to all the corners of the earth. Must be taken to all the corners of the earth. I love that word must because it, does, it captures both promise this is going to happen. It is a must. It's going to happen. And it captures command. You've got to do it. 
right? There's a, you must, and it must. The, the, the promises of God, the, the, the certainty of the authority of God and the kingdom of God going to all the ends of the earth, it's, that's a, that is a done deal. In fact, we see that, and we were singing in worship, kind of that picture of um, Revelation, the book of Revelation, as, as all the nations see the glory of God and all must bow before him. That picture, that is, that is a, that's a done deal, that's coming. But I tell you, that, the promise also comes with the commands. You must go. You must go to the ends of the earth. You must take this to the ends of the earth. Here we see Jesus setting himself to, to, to carrying the kingdom across uh, the region, the, the nation of Judea. But as the story continues, and as you continue through the New Testament, you, you'll find yourself seeing that all the borders are blown away. And it's not just for Judea. Again, this is one of the things that Luke is wanting to show us again and again. This is not just, it's not just for Judea, but it's this, as he reveals to us the size of the kingdom and the, the glory of the king that we're dealing with, we realize that this is, there is one kingdom for all. And there is one king who will reign over all the earth. And the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It's the wonderful promise that we live with. And then in the book of Acts, Luke again picks up the story where he, he leaves off. And he picks up that, the same story as Jesus uh, calls his disciples. Now go into all the earth. The gospel must go and must be preached. This gospel of repentance and of forgiveness and of restoration and of healing of the broken. It must go to the ends of the earth. And he picks it up again. And throughout the book of Acts, we see the story of how that happened. Of how the gospel was taken from this city to that city, and then into the heart of the Roman Empire. And then, interestingly, Luke doesn't, at the end of Luke's telling of that story in the book of Acts, he doesn't wrap it up. At the end of that story, the gospel is still being preached. And there's no concluding statement. There's no kind of, right, that's it, that's job done. It's as if to say, Luke is saying at that point, well, go on then. Well, go on then. So the church, you know, Go on, there's, there's more to be written here. There's more to be done here. The story, these stories that you read in Scripture, they're yours. They're yours. And they're to be continued. They're to, be, to, to continue to, to write and to take part in and to engage with. You can imagine how this book might have continued over the years. As stories telling how, how the gospel spread then from Rome right across Europe up into this little tiny cold island of ours up to, to, the, uh, to the, the, these kind of northernmost points, and then into China, and into across, right across Asia, and Africa, and the Americas, and how the gospel went, and went, and went. And in that book, it might also tell the story of Jubilee Hall, and how the gospel came here, and how from here it spilled out across the city, and across the region, and into Malawi, and uh, uh, different parts of the Middle East and, and from here to here and Latvia and where else? <laughs> on and on and on and on. Who knows what God has called us to, to go on. But we must know that we have been called to this purpose and we must live with an understanding of this purpose. I tell you, when you understand your purpose, when you understand what you're for, suddenly things fit. Things fit. If you, if you think that life is about this and it's not, you're going to find yourself uncomfortable all through life. If you think that being a Christian or being, going, belonging to a church is all about this, then you're going to find yourself missing the point. I tell you, we've, we've got to know what we belong to. We've got to know what we're called to. 
And it is a wonderful work that we have been given. But I tell you, it's not without its potential pitfalls. There are some pitfalls that, that, that come with this great commission that we've been given. And Luke makes a point of showing us one of them here in this story. Luke points out, right, they would have kept him. The people come to Jesus, who has proclaimed the gospel in their town and seen such fruitful ministry come to life. Healings and salvations. People wonderfully won to the kingdom, wonderfully encountering their savior and their king. And they would have kept him. They would have kept him. You can imagine them saying, look, Jesus, I get why you wouldn't want to stay in Nazareth where they tried to kill you. I get it. But we've got a good thing going on here. We've got something good going on here. Come on, stay with us. Why don't you just enjoy the platform that you've built for yourself? Why don't you just enjoy the the fruit and the fruitfulness of the ministry that's here? Jesus could have gone on healing in Capernaum. He could have gone on preaching. And people would know, ah, if you go to Capernaum, that's where you meet with that great teacher. Oh, they've got a great meeting there. Oh, you go there? Oh, I tell you, oh, it's exciting. Those are where the exciting things happen. And then Jesus could have carried on doing that. And it would have been good. It would have been good. But I tell you, good things, it is possible that good things can keep us from being faithful to the call that we've been given. There are good things out there that we could be distracted by that would remove us from the call that we've been given. And can I just say that here in the West, particularly, our bias is so often to stay comfortable and to put on a kind of be unwilling to, to move into the unknown and kind of put on just a bit of a wanting to build a, a good church experience. Right, you know the sort of thing? Hey, let's, let's put on a good church experience. How can we, how can we uh, uh, make this better? How can we make people feel more comfortable? How can we on and on and on and on? And it's just about how do we, how do we make this experience good? How do we attract people to our meetings? And I tell you, it can be so subtle. It can be so, so subtle. It's just like change in direction. I tell you, these are good things. I love being with you. And the worship, and the word, and, the, and there's just the community. I love it. But I tell you, the, we have an enemy who is crafty. <laughs> and, he, and he will try to intimidate you and try and scare you down. We hear, as, as Phil's saying, you know, in these countries, as the, as, where the persecution comes, this work of the enemy, I tell you, the gospel's still going. When the enemy realizes he can't, he can't scare you out of your purpose, he can't scare the church out of being the people who, it's, who the church is called to be, he will come around the other side and try and find other ways to stop us from doing the work of God. And one of those ways is to distract us with good things, comfortable things, things that make us feel, ah, oh, this, is, this is nice. And, 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 and so in the, in the West, you have this whole thing of, you know, church shopping. People who go like, oh, I want to go somewhere where, you know, my, my kids are going to be nice look, looked after. I want to go somewhere where the word is good and, and the worship is good. And, and, and so this um, mindset creeps in where people kind of assess that they come away from church. And they go, oh, I really enjoyed the worship today, but man, did you hear what the speaker was saying? No, I didn't really like that this week. Maybe I'll try somewhere else next week. And they've missed the point. That is not a picture of the glorious church that the Bible puts before us. That is not the picture of the glorious church that the Bible has put before us. 
I tell you, that sort of thing leads to people being comfort-driven Christians. Church shopping, as I say. Backing off when things are hard. Oh, this, life shouldn't be this difficult. And then spiritualizing it. As though God was calling us to, to an easy work. <laughs> Open your Bibles. This is a difficult thing that we've been called to. And as I say, this is, this is a subtle shift. This is a very subtle shift. The enemy is very clever. He will try and deceive you into thinking this is what church is about. But I tell you, the end result couldn't be more different from what we see in the New Testament. The church in the New Testament that goes, finds itself under rod and being stoned and being imprisoned and being killed, gladly accepting the plundering of their property for the sake of the gospel's advance. That is, that is the kingdom that we belong to. That is the kingdom that we belong to. We need to hear what Jesus has to say to us in this. In this. We need to remember who we are and what we are called to. It's a, it's a hard thing to hold. Right? And, Jesus, and Jesus gives, gives his disciples this. He says, I'm sending you out now as, as sheep amongst wolves. That's the commission, right? You feel like, I don't feel very well pastored. I don't feel well shepherded. Jesus, as the great shepherd, is happy to send his sheep out amongst wolves. That's, right? And that's what he says to his disciples. And it's difficult. It is difficult. It's a difficult thing to carry. And so it's so important that we understand where does Jesus get his sense of purpose from? And, and how is it that he's able to live this way, despite its hardships? And despite uh, the turning down of comfort for the sake of gospel advance. How is it that Jesus is able to do that? Where does his clarity of purpose come from? I think the first thing I'd say is he gets it from his understanding of the word. He understands the word of God. Right? You remember him preaching in, in Nazareth? As he opens up the word of God, he's got this clear understanding of what the kingdom of God is because he spent time in the word. He's recognized in scripture, no, this is what I'm called to. This is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do. It's to take the good news to the ends of the earth. And we too should come to Scripture, come to the Bible, and see the picture that is there of God's glorious church. To see the picture that is there and not come away from it, you know, come away from it strengthened in such a way that means that when those hardships come, I'll tell you, church planting is hard. We've done that. And as, as many of you are sent, and I pray many of you are, into the nations and into church planting across the region, and to to your neighbors. It's hard. It is hard. But when we find ourselves facing those hardships, we don't become wobbly and confused, like, oh, this this doesn't feel right. This isn't what I expected. No, we we are secure in our our position, knowing that this is exactly what we should have been expecting, because that's what is there in Scripture. We're told in Scripture, don't don't be confused when hardships come as though something strange were happening to you. No, this is part and parcel of the call. This is part of the call that we've been given. But I tell you, the other great shaper of purpose and great comfort to those who live with it is relationship with God. It's relationship with God. Hey, when Mark comes to tell this story in Mark 1, there's this same story of Jesus retreating from, from fruitfulness and going up to the hill... And then saying, I must go on. He, Mark makes the point of saying that when Jesus went to that desolate place, he went to pray and to be with the Lord. 
He went to pray and to be with the Lord, to be with his Father. You see, Jesus is at the root of Jesus' understanding of who he is and of what he's called to is, is time with his Father, is, a, is the relationship with his Father. Hey, I, I know who I am because I'm, I'm with the one who loves me. I'm with the one who's, who's brought this blessing to me. I, I know who I am, and I know what I'm called to carry and to, to live with and to, to do because I've spent time with my Father. We're in a, a, a moment as Freedom Church. We're going through a series in, in Matthew's Gospel. And actually, just last week, we, we were looking at that story. There's a story in, in Matthew chapter 8 that uh, Jesus, uh, he's... Pulling, again, pulling away from the crowd, and two men come to Jesus, and two potential disciples come to Jesus, and one of them says to him, Jesus, I will go with you wherever you want. This is a Bible teacher, and he comes to Jesus as though to say, Jesus, it's your lucky day, I'll be your disciple. Jesus says to him, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Hey, the birds have nests, foxes have holes, where I'm going. I can't promise you that comfort. I cannot promise you that comfort. Another guy comes and says, Jesus, I'll follow you, but first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. And these are hard sayings. These are hard things to hear. Hard things to understand. And yet Jesus is saying, come and follow me. And, And we see there clearly in that story the cost of following Jesus. The cost of, this, of carrying this kingdom, this commission that we've been given to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Hey, it's costly. It's costly. As stories come out, and people we know, people we're friends with, hey, it's a costly thing. But I tell you, that story is immediately followed up by Jesus in the boat. Jesus is there with his disciples in the midst of the storm, and he is the one who brings peace to that storm. He is the one who means that they have total security in that boat. And then again, at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus, Jesus telling, saying, now go into all the nations. Go into all the nations. Declaring what you've heard from me. Teaching them as I've taught you. He says, fear not, for I will be with you to the very end of the age. I tell you, we, we could rightly be stumped left feeling wobbly and small by when we see the size of the call that we've been given as the people of God to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We would be right to feel small when we see that. But I tell you what dwarfs that is the goodness and the greatness of the one who says he's with us forever to the very end of the age. Hey, I tell you, I tell you, and there was something just Jen um, just said to me as we, as we were coming here, just the kind of the comfort of, of knowing God in the difficulties that we've faced in the last two years in the, in the planting of Freedom Church and the things that we know that, that are ahead for anybody who, who would follow us into things like that or who would be sent into other things like that around the world. Hey, we know this is not a, you know, we're not calling people to platform them to prestige. No, we're calling people to the pits. Come and work in the pits. <laughs> You're needed, right? That's, that's the call, but but I know also the comfort of knowing the one who is with me until the very end of the age. <laughs> I know that in such a way that I don't think I, I would have known if I hadn't stepped out in the way that we had called, been called to. Jesus is with his people. And it, Jesus is dependent on his Father, draws from his Father as he says, no, 
right now it's time to abandon the fruitfulness that I've seen here to move on to the next thing because the gospel must go the gospel must go would you stand with me as we just think about what that means listen we're, we're talking about a king and a kingdom and wonderfully, as I've said, we've, we've seen demonstrations of that even this morning in baptism and in prayer. And maybe you're kind of hearing some of this stuff and you're listening in, you've seen some of the stuff that's gone on and you're thinking, I've, I've, not, I've not touched that myself. I've, I've yet to, to reach out, as Mel said, that reach out and just touch Jesus and receive that blessing. I've, I've not done that. Hey, if that's you, the invitation is come and reach out. Jesus is there to bless. But I tell you, if you've crossed that line of faith, if you've, if you've met with Jesus, and, and the, some of the stories that, like, like that story, some of those stories that are around the room that I know that there are, hey, the call on you is to be a carrier of that same kingdom. To go to the ends of the earth. As, as Jubilee called to, to bless the city. To see churches planted across the region. Some of you, to leave comfortable, uh, a comfortable understanding of your faith. Maybe some of us have settled into a kind of a, a couch Christianity. And we need to hear again some of those stories as we're praying for the persecuted church, thinking, oh, this is what taking the gospel to the nations is going to look like. Maybe some of us will go to places like that. Maybe some of us will sell homes and leave families. Maybe some of us will feel the... The truth of there is nowhere to lay my head. But I tell you, there is such promise in knowing the one who is with you to the very end of the age. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for faith. Lord, for all of us as we, as we hear these words, as we see the nature of the kingdom that we belong to as one on the advance, one on the front foot, one that it must go. As we've heard stories of of the Middle East and of, uh, 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 um, and of uh, uh, Malawi and of Chester Street, Lord, I pray that you would put in our hearts many more nations and cities, just as they were in your heart here in this story. Lord, I pray that you would stir us with that same passion and purpose and, and security that we see here in you. Lord, I pray that many of us would be called to go and all those of us who are called to send or be sent, Lord, I pray right now for such comfort and peace. Lord, if there's anything in what I've said that's disturbed, Lord, I pray let that disturbance be met also by the power of your spirit that says, hey, I'm with you. I am with you. I'm with you, whatever it will cost you whatever it will cost you, whatever, whatever pain or loss. I'm with you.